Hi, you're listening to iiPod, the official podcast of the Duke Lemur Center in Durham, North Carolina. I'm Matt Ward's Curator of Fossils at the Duke Lemur Center. And I'm Megan McGrath, Education Programs Manager at the Duke Lemur Center. Hi, Matt. Hi, Megan. So, as you know, for over 35 years, the Duke Lemur Center has been proud to work with the organizations and people of Madagascar to create opportunities for positive change and to play a role in helping to prevent the island's unique population of endemic and endangered species from getting lost forever. And one of those species, of course, is the focus of this season's iiPod, the iiis themselves. The researchers we are talking to today have collaborated with the DLC research and veterinary teams on various projects, and they have also both worked with iiis in Madagascar. Both Hubi and Elodie were born and educated in Madagascar. Their expertise and deep personal understanding of Malagasy culture provides a critical perspective as we look for ways to learn more about and protect the iii. Welcome to iiPod. Hi, I'm Dr. Raswane Vufubiambinsu, and I'm a wildlife vet from Madagascar. As a wildlife vet, Hubi is now the research coordinator of Lemur Love, which is a non-profit NGO based in U.S., but we work in the southwestern of Madagascar. And working on the other side of the island in the northwest. I'm Dr. Eludiran Belson. I'm a veterinarian doctor working wildlife, and I'm also a conservationist and a researcher. He's currently heading up research and conservation programs at the reserve known as Anjajavi. It's a place for tourists to experience Madagascar, but is also 26,000 acres of protected habitat for... Mouse lemurs, we have dwarf lemurs and lippy lemurs, fusas. It was fusas, the largest carnivore in Madagascar and the primary lemur predator that got Elodie first into research. And after that... I continue to work on over conservation projects such as uh, the giant tortoises. His research on tortoises and their population recovery in Madagascar was published in 2020. You'll find that link on our website. Elodie had begun to study mammals on the island as well. The sifaga and then the ayais. Like Elodie, Hubi had started out thinking she would practice medicine, but when her path took her to veterinary school and she saw what people were studying... Many projects was more about pets and cattle, but then I had the chance to to do some different projects. I'm going to study lemurs and I'm going to, to make research, to be a conservationist, and maybe to bring an impact to save the endangered species of Madagascar. Like many of us, Hubi discovered a special fascination with eyes. I am I'm a scientist and I'm curious about everything. And Aya is just beautifully strange. Beautifully strange. That's such a great way to describe these animals, especially because when we talk about lemurs as a group, we make general statements that apply to all lemurs except eyes. <laughs> like that's always the thing you have yep. to put in there. Because eyes are nocturnal and solitary, as well as being outliers in the lemur family, Elodie liked the idea of studying them because, well, there's just not a lot of research about them. Eyes, there is just few research in Madagascar's ongoing research, so that's why it's worth it. So to better understand the species. Everything is just unique about them. So having seen an ayai could be very, like, a big opportunity to of your life. So it's for me, it's important. They are among the 25 most endangered 
primate in the world. And compared to over lemurs, people are curious about the AIs. You can see uh, mouse lemurs, you can see Sifaka or Diana lemurs. It's, it's easy. Very, very unique tra traits. So people want to see, whoa, I need to see what is an AI. Not in the television, but I need to go in the field and to see an AI. I've never seen AI in the wild. They are rare to see. Like it's one mm -hmm. thing to protect them in captive environments, places like the lemur center. And another thing to learn what these animals are like in the wild. So that's exactly the conservation project these two researchers took on. It was going to include something called translocation, which is moving an animal from one place where it lives to another place where it could also live. That's different than reintroduction. Reintroduction is when an animal has maybe gone locally extinct in an area. In this case, IIs have and do live in both places. They would just be a little bit happier in a better protected area like Anjajavi. They knew that the nearby IIs were in a fragile habitat. They needed to do all they could to make sure the animals would be safe in their new home. That meant starting with education for the human primates who might cross paths with these IIs. So the first step of the project was to first to study, to know the attitudes towards these lemurs. It was a long process. Those in the community might think the AI is... Bad omen. Which some believe predicts misfortune. Incarnation of evil. Like a devil. And there is the belief that catastrophic things will happen. I understand completely. <laughs> like if I was like hiking through the woods on a dark night and I suddenly saw an eye yeah. in his face and I didn't know what it was, it really worried me a lot. <laughs> like mm -hmm. I, yeah. like it, it makes a lot of sense. So we have to study about the people perceptions about the AI. So we did uh, a survey and we asked them some questions about uh, do they have fear or are they interested to know more about the AI. Through all these questions, we realized that some people, most of the people have never seen the AI before. When Hubi met with the community, she would sometimes bring small models as well as pictures. There was immediate recognition, but not from the forests. And then they just say, oh, this is Madagascar. This is King Julian. So <laughs> everything is about Madagascar movie. But then I asked to explain that Madagascar is not just a movie. This is a country. This is um, a, 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 a hotspot of biodiversity. So... So while King Julian, the partying, ring-tailed lemur, and his sidekick, the I.I. Maurice, were familiar, the researchers had to do some education about living I.I.s and how their presence would benefit the community that surrounds the preserve. Before the, the introduction of the I.I., we raise awareness. So they may think differently about having the I.I. in the forest. And most of the people in nearby the villages are depending on tourists. So having an AI is important. Now that the people of the community were prepared, the research team needed to make sure they knew exactly where to move the AIs they were going to study. What kind of work did you have to do to kind of study the forest to learn this will make a AI very happy to live here? Uh, that's a good question, Matt. First, they looked for a place that would be pretty similar to the I.I.'s original home. 
the type of forest, the tree densities, what they could eat in the new location, the food resources availability, a high canopy for safety, trees, big trees, high canopy and very quiet, calm. Nothing too stressful for the IIs who would be translocated. The researchers didn't want them to be found immediately by a fusa. Your translocated animals may be eaten. And also, the, the most important, far away from humans. These are animals that are moving vast distances. They need so many nests. Uh, we found 85 hectares, but I think the IIs needs bigger, so more more than that. One of the reasons IIs need so much space is their daily nest building habit. They need branches and leaves from the forest to construct their nests. LUD tells us they build a new nest in a new place on a regular basis. Oh, that's interesting. So they, it's like their yeah. mattress dries out and gets uncomfortable. Uh-huh. And so they need uh-huh. to set up a, a nice soft <laughs> nest again. Yeah. I, didn't, I didn't appreciate that was why they have so many nests is because it mm-hmm. becomes uncomfortable. Now that they had identified a location, it was time to actually translocate the IIs. And in their original home, they were quickly losing their habitat. Deforestation, logging, fires, and climate change were all having an impact. People who think about endangered species or species that are living in fragmentary forests, that well, you just just get them out of there. Just kind of put them someplace safe. <laughs> it's like that. It's not that easy. In this case, the translocation approach made sense because it was conducted for conservation benefits. That's really important. So our purpose was to reintroduce the AI in an area where the species has disappeared. So how do you find IIs when they have dark fur, incredible hearing, and they're solitary and move around the forest at night? Well, you look for the nests. We just, the size is the biggest. It's very well constructed. How many people were on the team actually tracking these animals in the forest? So four local trackers, uh, a biologist, and, and me. So you're hiking through forests without trails at night with an antenna. So every night, every night, so we wait there and waiting for the IIs to leave outside the nest. And they waited, and they waited, and waited in the dark until the first IA came out of the nest. So after that, we following the II. Things did not go according to plan. We found so two individuals in very imminent threat. These IIs had to be removed immediately, and they were not even the individuals that the trackers had originally been seeking. We have planned to capture two males and two females. But when we went there, so we didn't have the choice. We just found two IIs in danger. They secured the IIs, moved them out of the forest, and put a tracking device on the adult, and the IIs had a safe new home. After three years of study, preparation, and an incredible nighttime hike, the team had brought an adult female, Selena, and her daughter, a juvenile known as Kitana, to safety. Now, the next move of the project is to reintroduce more males and more adult females. So we are planning, we are already planning that, but just wait for the right timing to start it. For now, researchers are getting to really study IIs in their natural habitat. Some of this research has already been published, and we have links to both a freely available blog post from Anjajavi Lodge and Paywald Science Journal article on our website.
There are a lot of firsts from a project like this. And you know what? Uh, this is the first, first data about the AIs in the northwest of Madagascar. All the study before was done in the east part of Madagascar. Yeah. That's, that actually, I hadn't appreciated that unique contribution that this, uh-huh. that this study is part of. Like it's one mm-hmm. thing to protect them in captive environments, places like the Lemur Center, but to actually see how they behave in wild settings where they have 85 hectares that they can roam across and set up all of the nests that they want is data that can't be collected anywhere else except in Madagascar. And it's it's really fascinating that northern Madagascar is this missing piece of the II puzzle that you guys were able to to kind of put into place. And what we will learn is even more important considering how endangered the II is. So if we don't have II anymore... We would all lose so much, which is why this research in Madagascar matters so much. I took a primate evolution class. Professor is very kind in giving us an extra point just to say (laughs) what your favorite primate was and why. Most of the class put down bonobos or chimpanzees, um, but I put down eyes when I was 19 years old (laughs) and didn't know I would be working at the Lemur Center someday. And I got two extra credit points because he had never seen someone put the eye before. (laughs) Of course, all of us have our reasons to love eyes. We have never seen animals having this type of this physical aspect, their traits, the ears, the fact that they do tip tapping to find foods, and the the fact that their teeth uh, permanently grow, and all of these things are just amazing and beautiful. The AI is the most intelligent limus. The way they feed, so it's very particular. And even the brain size is very large. Only the AIs build a nest. They they build tools essentially. Like the nest in mm-hmm. some ways is like them them mm-hmm. like building it. It's a construction project they do. Mm-hmm. We really enjoyed learning more about the research being done with IIs in Madagascar, and we really look forward to catching up again in the future with Elodie and Hubi. Thank you both so much for being guests on IIPod. Thanks for joining us on this Duke Lemur Center journey. Subscribe and discover more episodes each season. We look forward to sharing more about the Duke Lemur Center with you soon. And in the meantime, follow us on social media and visit us at lemur.duke.edu. A special thanks to Julie Bortz, who edited this episode. And thank you, and goodbye for now, from Matt and Megan and all the primates at the Duke Lemur Center.